Welcome to the Hilltop United Methodist Church podcast. Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah, 985 East, 10,600 South. Locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Uh, It can be found on page 69 and 70 in the New Testament of your Pew Bible. Now about eight days after after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I was talking uh, with the Salt Lake Tribune on Thursday, and uh, she, she asked me questions. What, in, what, what observation do you have about what's going on at the general conference? And I said, well, I, I sort of view it as a good news, bad news kind of thing. Uh, the good news is that we're an international church. So what's the bad news? We're an international church. Uh, For those of you that aren't aware of what happened, uh, General Conference began last Saturday, eight days ago, and ended on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. And uh, the advocates on behalf of retaining exclusive words in uh, in our statement of who we are, that homosexuality is incompatible with the Christian lifestyle, prevailed. Uh, They prevailed by a coalition of overseas, uh, international locations, and much of the the old confederacy, uh, Texas, Georgia, Florida, things like that. So that's where where it was. That's where it ended up. And I continue to be fascinated by what the scripture gives us on a weekly basis. I mean, last week, it was the perfect uh, text in order to talk about what was going on and how we needed to reach out to other people and everyone that was here. And today, we have this set of scriptures that uh, Christine read part of it, I'll read the other part of it in a second, about this idea about where, God, where we find God, okay? And, and I confess to you, I love finding God on mountaintops. I, it, it's just fantastic. You know, God is so often revealed to us on these mountaintops, and that's the way it happened for Moses. Uh, 
he, he gets the commandments given to him. He'll go back up on the mountaintop on a number of occasions and have this interaction with God. His interaction with God that would be so powerful, so, so, so uh, immediate, so profound, that when he would come back down into the valley, you had to put a, a veil over him. So that so his his, his the, the light that he was casting out didn't burn everybody else's eyes out. It's just fantastic. And and, that, and of course that's where you want to live. That's where you want to be. You want to live on these mountaintops. Do I have do I have a, do I have a vote for living on mountaintops? Is mountaintops okay? Yeah, they're okay. They're fun. Good locations. Although we don't always get it on the mountaintops. Look at Peter. I mean, he sits there, he's, he's just told Jesus about several, eight days before, you are the Messiah, you are the one, long before Keanu Reeves got to be the one. He got to be the one. For those of you who haven't watched the movie The Matrix, he's the one. Um, and, but here he is, he's on this mountaintop, and what does he do when he has this encounter with the sacred where Elijah shows up, Moses shows up, he's there with Jesus. He got this, got this fantastic white appearance, this glowing appearance. And what does he do? He says, let's build, some, let's, build some shell. let's build some tents here. And then just in case we don't get it, Luke comes back and says, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Isn't that the way it is with a lot of us at times? We, we sit there and have these transcendent, wonderful mountaintop experiences, and then we're just like Peter. We just take that foot, and I, I, I was never limber enough to actually get my foot in my mouth, okay? At 71, I really can't do it now. I have trouble putting my, putting my shoes on. But, 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 I mean, Peter just, any opportunity he has to put his foot in his mouth, he does it. it can, can any of you relate to that? Can any of you relate? I mean, wow. Is he good or what? He's like us. He's just like us. So you have this mountaintop experience. And then what happens next? They have to go down into the valley. Christine didn't read that section to you. Christine didn't read it to you, but we've, we've hinted at it throughout the service. And we've hinted at it quite a bit with, with uh, the call to worship and our prayer and things like that. For those of you who want to read along on page 69 and 70 of your pew Bible, and, but I'm going to continue on. It's uh, verses 37 through 43. Uh, on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, that's Jesus and the three, a great crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Rabbi, teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him. He's describing the situation. Suddenly a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams in the mouth. It balls him, and will, it will scarcely leave him. For those of us that know a little bit about medicine, they probably have an epileptic seizure. Probably what's going on. Okay. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Now, here's a little bit of a parenthetical remark for everybody here about Three passages earlier, Jesus deploys the 12. He sends them out, and he tells them to go out there, and you know what? He tells them to go perform miracles, and you know what? They can do it. They can perform miracles. Three of them have been to the mountaintop with Jesus. They've heard the voice say, this is my son, who, my beloved. Listen to him. Okay? And so now we have this experience. I beg your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. 
Now, I, I, this next passage here, I, the kind, gentle Jesus just doesn't come through. This next passage here, the kind, gentle Jesus, I don't know about you, but I think they're getting a fanny chewing myself. Jesus answered, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And I, I don't think he's turning around to the, the gentleman who's, who's asking for help. I think he's turning around to the disciples. That's who's getting the fanny chewing. All right. Then he turns around to the man and says, bring your son here. While his son was coming, the demon dashed him, that's the boy, to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You know, anybody want to preach the rest of the sermon? <laughs> we can go get coffee if you want to. Let me ask you a question. I acknowledge there are a few people who live on mountaintops. I got it. But where do we live most of our life? And on the mountaintop or in the valley? We live in the valley. We live in the valley. And, and we, can, we can get ourselves into a flawed theology of thinking that the only way God is revealed to us is on the mountaintop. God is also revealed to us in the valley. Now, I don't know. I, I, I plan on asking him sometime when I, in, on the other side when we've gone to the church triumph. And I plan on asking him about... This, this fanny chewing you gave the disciples here. Well, what was it all about? So I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. But my guess is, is that they had been able to perform these miracles at some point in time. And they come back and the valley experience just overwhelms them. The valley experience overwhelms them. And they've forgotten what it was they were able to do. They've forgotten. They've forgotten that... Uh, at some point in time, they helped create Boston University and Northwestern and Denver University and the University of Southern California and Duke and Vanderbilt and Emory. They for, they've forgotten they did that. They've forgotten that. They, they've forgotten that at some point in time, they created schools in Africa. They've, crea they've forgotten that they have created hospitals in Africa. In Africa... They, are, they have created a place where, where the road ends. The United Methodist Church still exists. They've forgotten that. They've forgotten it. And so Jesus turns around and says, you perverse, faithless people. What on earth are you thinking? Am I making sense? Does that, does that make sense that we sometimes have forgotten what kind of miracles that we have been able to perform on behalf of Jesus Christ and the world? Think about the hospitals. I mean, one of the largest hospitals in Houston is Houston Methodist. Okay? For years and years and years and years, the only hospital in Colorado Springs was owned and operated by what in those, we didn't call it the United Methodist Women in those days, but it was owned and operated by what is now the United Methodist Women. In downtown Salt Lake here, we have this thing called Crossroads, where they encounter the broken every single day. And I just wonder if we've forgotten 
the miracles that, that are out there. We let ourselves get stuck in this valley experience. And what are we doing? We're behaving like the disciples. And what does Jesus call them? He calls them unbelieving and perverse. He calls them unbelieving and perverse. We sang a few minutes ago, this come Holy Ghost, our souls inspire. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Let the Holy Ghost inspire our souls. I'm going to take a bold shot here. I'm going to try to read this without my glasses. What do you think? Is that brave or what? Yeah, we, we, we have this opportunity for keep, keep for our foes, uh, keep, keep far our foes, give peace a chance. Well, where thou art guide, no ill can come. Holy Spirit, where you are indeed our guide, no ill can come to us. So we, we, we get out in the valley and we forget that the Holy Spirit is with us in the valley just as the Holy Spirit is with us on this mountaintop. So what are, what are we to take away from this? I, I, I would say, number one, we need to remember that we live most of our life in the valley. God's there. God's there with us in this valley experience. God doesn't abandon us when we're in the valley. God's there with us. And as a result of that, where we do most of our struggling is in the valley. Yeah, the, the, glory, the experiences on the mountaintop. The baptism of Jesus was the glory that we're talking about, from glory to glory. It's the, actually, it's the, I think it's the, uh, it's the recognition by the three kings that Jesus is who he is. It's this epiphany thing. But that happens in a, in a stable. But nonetheless, you get the idea of the fact that we, we go from this glory rec recognition who Jesus is to the transfiguration, the glory is there, but we've got to live our lives day to day in the struggles of the valleys. That's where we, we need to be. be. But, but that having been said, God, we need to remember that God will meet us in that valley. God will meet us in that valley. Just don't, just don't get stuck there. Just don't get stuck in that valley thinking that we're in that valley and we're going to never be able to get, our, get ourselves out of that. And frankly, at the end of the day, sometimes valleys can be a gift. I know, I know when you're going through some of these things, you sit there and go, there's no way this is a gift. No way this is fun. I hate this. This entire experience was awful. I don't want it to be lifted from me. I'm not going to be so petty as to say sometimes that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But sometimes that which in the valley experiences does improve your faith. It does make it deeper. It does allow you to step back and be a little more humble about what is going on in your life. That's where I'd like to believe that we're being invited to go. Now, John Wesley, my John Wesley bobblehead is back there. Now, sometime between last week and this week, he fell and his legs are broken. So we have to pop, prop him up there now. I may have to even go buy one. But John Wesley is the, uh, no, another one. But uh, John Wesley is the founder of Methodism. And he would, um, he would say to us that it's important for us that he, 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 he says, I only have one request to make to you. I only have one request to make to you. Now, 
just like last week where Paul asked two questions and he only answers one, I, I, I do observe to you that John Wesley may say, I only have one request, and then he gives us lots of requests, okay? So, uh, but th on this particular day in 1740 in uh, Bristol, England, he said, let whatsoever you do be done inherently in love. Be done inherently in love. And in, spite, and in the spirit of meekness, let your disputations show that you have. Then he, then he goes to Colossians 3, 12. And he says, um, that let your disputations show, no, show that you are operating as God's choice, holy in love. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other as the Lord forgave you so you also forgive each other. And over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So that, and then Wesley would add, so that in these times of struggle, you could look, people could look out and say, see how these Christians love one another. God hasn't gone anywhere. God hasn't gone anywhere. We, we didn't get the outcome we had hoped for. We didn't get the outcome we prayed for. But each week we do come in here and say, Thy will be done. I'm, I'm pretty much a believer in the fact that this Jesus guy asks us, to touch those that the rest of the society says are untouchable. Even people who work the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> where, where, do we, where do we draw strength? What, it, at funerals, and I'm not even remotely suggesting we need to have a funeral for the United Methodist Church yet. But at funerals, what's, what's the number one psalm that everybody wants read? What is it? 23rd Psalm. Okay. What's, what's the psalm right in front of the 23rd Psalm? It's Psalm 22. All right. Got it? You guys are biblical scholars. I like it. I like it. But what, 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 what our most common hearing of the 22nd Psalm is Jesus on the cross. What does Jesus say on the cross? My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Some translations are, why have you forsaken me? It's this pain. And I'm confident there are people here around the world, San Francisco, Boston, Europe, places like that, that are convinced that God has left us. God's not present here. And I want to assure all of us that God is indeed still present. Now the translation I'm going to read to you from is the Common English uh, Bible. Not, it doesn't have the beautiful um, thousand D's, but you get the idea. The Lord is my shepherd. He was the shepherd yesterday, he's going to be the shepherd today, he's going to be the shepherd tomorrow. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. We sometimes, we, 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 we translate that sometimes in such a way that, that uh, I, I, I want, I want everything that, that I, I ought to have. And, and you know, in Houston, they tell you that you're entitled to millions of dollars. 
and a $12.6 million house and a Mercedes Benz and a Lamborghini and a, and a trophy wife, a trophy husband for the ladies. But nonetheless, that's not, that's not, I lack for nothing. I lack for nothing that's important. I lack for nothing that helps sustain me. God lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. And why do I fear no evil? Because you are with me. Now, if those words of David can, can offer us some measure of assurance, if those are words that people want to re be reminded of on the death of loved ones, I, I think it's good for us today. One of the, my favorite writers is a man named Harold Kushner. He's a rabbi. His doctorate is in the Psalms. It's in the Psalms. And he's written a book called The Lord is My Shepherd, Healing Wisdom of the 23rd Psalm. He writes, there will be dark days, days of loss and days of failure, but they will not last forever. The light will always return to chase away the darkness. The sun will always come out again after the rain. And the human spirit will always rise above failure. Fear will assault us, but we will not be afraid. For thou art with me. I don't know where we're going to end up with this whole thing. I don't know. I just don't know. But the sign out front that we want to be able to offer everyone born a place at the table. Roberta played that piece of music at the beginning of the service as part of our, our, part of our gathering music. Everyone is welcome here. Wherever we were Friday nine days ago is unfortunately where the church is today. But I, that's the bad news. But the good news for you is, is that where Hilltop was Friday nine days ago, that's where we are today. Church of love, church of reconciliation, church of forgiveness, and a church where everyone is indeed welcome. Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah, 985 East, 10,600 South. Locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye.